1: Hi ladies, welcome to Open My Eyes, I'm Lori Wilburn. One morning, I looked out at my bird feeder and instead of birds, there was a rat. Quietly, he was sitting and eating all the bird food. After a few days, I learned to tolerate that rat. Have we become comfortable with the little rats or what we call small sins? Be sure that these are the very things that are eating away at the transforming power of God's Word in our lives. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Ladies, let's not get comfortable with the little sins. Let's allow God to examine us, do away with those little rats, and press on in His everlasting way. To learn more, visit my blog at corechurchla.org.
2: You want His power to be made perfect in your weakness? Then just stand up to be used by God.
3: Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth.
2: We must all recognize that our ability Our adequacy to be used by God has nothing to do with us. For our ability to be used by God is simply based on our willingness to be used by God. That's all God's looking for. He's not looking for ability. God's looking for availability. Okay, it's like, well, I don't have any ability, but I'm available. Bingo! (laughs) That's who God's looking for. God would rather take someone that knows nothing about nothing, but he's willing to open his mouth over some seasoned saint. I've been a Christian for 45 years. I've been a Christian for 50 years. Have you ever shared Christ with me? No, I haven't. Okay, we'll step to the side. He's going to use those who are willing to be used. Yes, that's what God does. That's why Jesus said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says, my grace is sufficient for you for power, his power, is made perfect in our weakness. You want his power to be made perfect in your weakness? Then just stand up to be used by God. Yes, his power is sufficient. Not our power, his power. Yes, we can rejoice that our adequacy our competency, our ability to do great things to fulfill our high calling from God doesn't have to come from us. I don't have to muster it up. God has given his power to each of us. It's available to us so that we can accomplish his will. Well, tonight we're going to take a small look at Elisha Let's see what we can glean from his life as we consider our point. Faithful to ask. This is a picture of a man who didn't want to miss anything that God was about to do. I mean, what would you do? I mean, you, you're, you're the assistant of the great prophet Elijah. Oh my goodness. you like, you're here as assistant. And it's like, you know that God's going to scoop him up. Oh man, I'm not leaving your side. I wonder what Elisha was thinking at first. If the Lord takes Elijah, what will I do? I'm just his assistant. I'm just here to you know wipe off the the dust on his sandals. How could God ever use me? I'm just a nobody. I could I could never fill the sandals. That Elijah wears—he's the great prophet Elijah—and I'm sure that many of us think maybe the same thing also. I know I have. What could God do with me? I don't even—I barely got through high school, man. How's God gonna ever gonna do anything with me? There's so many other people that have so many more gifts than what I have. Somehow, deep down, Elijah, the assistant, knew that. And he believed it. And now they both stood at the Jordan River. So let's read what happens next. So Elijah took his mantle or his robe off and he folded it together and he struck the waters and the waters were divided here and there that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they had crossed over, Elijah said to the young man, Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, well, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And Elijah said in verse 10, you have asked a hard thing because that's a lot of Holy Spirit. (laughs) But nevertheless, if you see me, When I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. We'll stop there. Well, Elisha was right. When you anticipate and you believe that God is going to move, he usually does. I wonder what he was thinking when standing in front of the Jordan River when Elijah took his robe off. He's probably thinking, all right, well, we got to take our robes off because we're going to have to swim across the Jordan River. That's what we're going to do right here. But then Elijah takes his robe and just goes smack and smacks the water. And then the water just pulls back on both sides of the Jordan River and they walk across in two feet of thick mud, and they were like, no, just kidding. The Bible says they walked across on dry ground. Dry ground, completely. Notice what Elijah said in verse 9 ask me whatever you want. Well, after Elisha, the young man, after he saw, The impossible just happened. Like he just watched the Jordan River split in front of his eyes. It's like, Elisha must have thought, the sky's the limit, baby. (laughs) It's like, I wonder what you would have asked for right there. Well, you know, I kind of like to have a house with a view. Maybe my 401k getting built up so I can have money to retire. Maybe some of you would have asked, well, can I have three more wishes? Just asking. Well, that's not the case with Elisha. Without hesitation, with no second guessing, Elisha says, I want what you have. Man, I want that. That's what I want. I want what you have. Yet could I have a double portion? <laughs> it's like, Hey, when I go to In-N-Out, I don't order one patty. Man, it's a double-double. <laughs> it's like, In fact, I order a three-by-three. Three. three patties and three. I mean, so, hey, I'm a growing boy. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, out of everything a man could ask for, what made Elisha ask for that? Well, I'm sure it had to do with this fact. Elisha had studied his mentor. He watched him. He watched him in every scenario. He studied Elijah, and he was his assistant. He watched his every move, and he probably thought, Has anyone ever seen what I've seen in this man? I I cannot believe what I have watched in my life with Elijah. I have never seen a man that was so consumed with God like he is. Elisha saw his passion. He saw his zeal. He saw his vibrancy that Elijah had. Maybe before Elijah, all Elisha has experienced was just dead, boring religion. Whatever it was, Elisha wanted to serve God with all of his heart, and he wanted the power of God to do it. And that would give him the capability to do more than he could ever do in his own strength. Let's remember, the only reason Elijah was such an an extraordinary prophet in the Bible, able to call fire down from heaven on Mount Carmel, Jovi, you remember standing on Mount Carmel? You stood there. We were right there looking over the valley of Megiddo. And it's just like he called fire down from heaven. Jerry and Anna, you were standing there. And it's just like there it was. And it's like we were there. And it's like he called fire down from heaven. Elijah was the man that God used to do all kinds of crazy things. Elijah was Elijah. Elijah. He said, it's not going to rain for three years. And it didn't rain for three years. Then he says, okay, now it's going to rain. And then it rained. But Elijah was able to be Elijah because God made him Elijah. It wasn't because he had some secret sauce. It wasn't like, you know, he was like, I got the little extra juice here I'm taking in. No, it's like God made him because he had a willing heart to be made into something. Yes, we're all called to be willing vessels in the hand of the Lord. Let's not forget, we're told in the book of James that Elijah was a man of like passions, meaning he was just like you and me. In what way, some might ask? We had moments of weakness. He had moments of doubt. Remember after the whole thing on Mount Carmel, He went down and wiped out 850 false prophets, just killed them all, sliced them, diced them, make them into julienne fries, all of that. But, hold on, he got done, and Ahab went back to the city, and then that's when his wife, Jezebel, well, she was a summer peach of a woman, Uh, not, she was the most wicked woman in the Bible. And what happened? Oh, my goodness. Jezebel said, before this day is over with, Elijah's a dead man. And Elijah said, hey, listen, woman, I'm coming after you next, man. I'm taking you out. But he didn't do that for some reason, which is like mind-boggling. After he calls fire down from heaven, kills 850 false prophets with a sword, he hears that from Jezebel. And he takes off for the willy bushes. Oh my goodness, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. Get your mask on. We're all going to die. So it's like, you know, so he's out in the willy bushes. And it's like, oh my goodness. And it's like, so he had his moments of doubt. Yet in the mix of Elijah being human, there was still a great passion in his eye, a desire to be used of God, mixed with an incredible faith that stood out in time. And the people of God had totally fallen away in his time, and they were living in sin. It was a time when people were too busy for God. That was the time that he was a prophet. It is not kind of the time now Aren't most people a little too busy for God? And Elisha, the young man, wanted a piece of the action. In fact, he wanted a double portion of whatever Elijah had. Let me ask you, what do you want out of your relationship with God? What do you want? Because we have a lot of teachers that are out there, and they're promising all kinds of things. Oh, man, you can name and claim. You can do whatever you know, what do you want? you want fuzzy feelings? I love, I love goosebumps. I remember when I first came to know Christ. I don't know why the Lord did this for me, but I'd get goosebumps all the time. Like I'd be sitting there worshiping and all of a sudden, oh, I feel good. I mean, it's just like, you know, and i just get these goosebumps and I'd just be like, oh, Lord, you're so good. And then all of a sudden, one day after I was, I don't know, maybe four or five years old in the Lord, no goosebumps for you. And I'm just like, I thought, what have I done? I've forsaken the Lord. He he doesn't love me anymore. And I'm like, Lord, I don't feel you anymore. And he goes, and I just remember him speaking to my heart like, do you have to feel me? Can't you just believe me? Oh, he still gives me a shot of goosebumps every now and then. But it doesn't happen very often because it's like, do we have to have that? Do we have to always feel him? Isn't his promise and his word enough for us? Yes, maybe you just have, I just need the hope of heaven when I die. I mean, I just, I don't want to go to hell. Well, maybe you just want your guilt removed. I, I can't live with this guilt and shame in my life anymore. Maybe you come to the Lord because you just want a meaning for for life. You want, you know, not just eternal life in heaven. I want to have life during this life because I'm dying inside here. Look, there's nothing wrong with most of those things. There's nothing wrong with that because when we come to Christ, he pretty much gives us all those things. that He's promised them to us. But in the midst of all of them, God also desires to use us to reach this dark world with his message of hope. Having purpose in our present culture is to be a light that shines his light in this dark world. Yes, Elisha wanted a double portion of the anointing of God so that he could fully serve God. Elijah, you know, he just looked at him and said, well, you know, you've asked a tough thing, but uh, hey, if it happens, it happens. If you see me when I'm taken up, if it happens, it happens. Only God can grant that request. But Elijah being the man of faith that he was was not going to limit God in what he could do. So he, he just said, listen, if you see me and I'm taken up, you're going to have what you ask for. It's yours. Let's look what he says here in chapter 2, verse 11. He says, now as they were going along, so they're just walking and talking, it says, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. And horses of fire, which separated the two of them. Just man, what was that? Like was that like a Raiders of Lost Ark thing, man? Just like yeah, you know, whoa, you know what? Would, what did that even look like? Then these angels coming down, these chariots of fire, and this separates the two of them. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven, verse twelve. And Elijah saw it, and he cried out. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two pieces. Wow. How radical was that? I mean, could you imagine seeing that? Like, what did that look like? There were only two people in the entire Bible, who went to heaven without dying. One of them wasn't Jesus. They killed him hanging on the cross. The first one, of course, was Enoch. The Bible says that he walked with God, and he was not, because God just snatched him away. Enoch had such a solid relationship with God. I could just see him every day. I'm going to take my walk, honey. I'll see you later. I'm just going to go walk and talk with God. And one day he just didn't come home. It's just God just said, you know, man, I'm digging you so much. Come on home. It's just like, you know, it's, a phlegm, you know? it's just like a boom, you know. I wonder if someone was plowing the field like, oh, look at that. Looks like Enoch. Well, where'd he go? He was just there. You know, it's like God just snatched him away. And now Elijah gets taken up in the midst of a chariot of fire. Horses and a whirlwind. And Elisha saw it all. And he cries out, Elijah! And it was over. And it says in verse 12, he just tears his clothes. Now, why would he do that? Because I think as that whirlwind was going up into heaven, it's possible that Elisha got a little glimpse of the glory of God. And the tearing of his clothes is a sign of repentance. I've heard many people say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to march up to God's throne. I got a bone to pick with him. I didn't like the way that he was running the world down here. I didn't like what he was doing in my life. I got a bone to pick. Understand, when you stand before the living God, there's no bones to pick. You're going to be falling on your face. Man, it's like there's no bones to pick with God. Remember, Isaiah the prophet, for the first five chapters, he's got the smoking gun of woe. Woe is you. Woe is you. Woe to you, partiers. Woe to you over here. Woe to you, sinners. And he's just Mr. Woe, woe, and woe. Grief, sorrow, and misery on all you heathen dogs out there. Then chapter six happens. And all of a sudden, he gets a glimpse into heaven. And he sees a little piece of God, and he's like, falls to his face. And he says, woe is me. Grief, sorrow, and misery on me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And yes, we all will stand before God. Just remember that. Everyone you know, everyone you work with, everyone's going to stand before God. Ecclesiastes 9.3 says, this is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that there is one fate for all men and women. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives, and afterwards, they go to the dead. It's like <laughs> it's what happens with all of us. It's like you live your life, and then you go to the dead. Every one of us is going to stand before God. But getting back to Elisha, he saw Elijah, which brings up our final point, faithful to receive. Let's read what it says, picking up in verse 13. He also took up the mantle or the robe of Elijah that fell from him, and he returned and stood by the bank of the Jordan River. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he struck the water. Then he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, they were divided there, here and there, and Elisha crossed over. So the water separated again. Wow. Hey, Elisha, let me answer your question. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Guess what? He's living inside of you now. A double portion of it. Elisha went on by the power of God to bring water out of heaven without rain. He made a widow's vase of of oil for a widow to never run dry. He raised the dead. He healed Naaman, the great warrior. We looked at that recently of leprosy. He made an axe head float and on and on. He was so full of the Holy Spirit of God that even after he died and he was buried that they threw another dead man into his grave. And as soon as it touched the dead man, touched the dead bones of Elisha in Second Kings 13, that the dead man rose again from the dead. What is that saying? It's saying that Elisha had more of the spirit of God working in him after he died than most Christians have while we're alive. Did you get that? (laughs) It's like, I mean, it's like he's dead and buried, and his bones have been decomposed, and they throw a dead man in there, touch his dead bones, and he springs up to life. God, that guy was just full, overflowing with the Holy Spirit of God. What can we learn from Elisha as we end here? He was faithful to follow even when being told to stay put. He was faithful to ask for the right thing so his life would count in this world. And he was faithful to receive all that God had for him. See, that's all God's looking for. Not for ability, but for availability. Thanks
3: for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to Pastor and Bible Teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app And online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to PO Box 34789, Los Angeles, California,
0: 90034.